Are you looking to build a career in media? In this episode, we're going to go deeper in this subject and cover all the essential points that you really need to know. Welcome to the Zista podcast, where we invite people from the industry and academia to answer questions and queries that students have within specific subject areas. Our focus for today is media, and joining me today is Rajeshwari Narayanan. Rajeshwari is the general manager for talent at Media Brands. She has over 18 years of experience, and actually, she started her career in media handling strategy, planning, and buying for various clients. She's worked with amazing firms like Triton. Starcom Media West, Lodestar, and currently she's with Media Brands. As you know, it's the media and marketing solutions division of the Interpublic Group. Now, Media Brands is a big firm. They're 150 employees strong, have 14 group companies, and they operate from a network of 21 offices across India. Uh, I'd like to say, you know, thank you for joining us and making time for this session, Rajeshwari. We're delighted to have you with us today. Thanks, Amit. Thanks, Amit. I originally the same feelings. Fantastic. So let's jump straight into it. You know, um, sure. I wanted to kind of start by asking you, uh, what prompted you to, you know, build a career in media and planning? You know, how did you start? Okay, so uh, Amit, why, you know, we all do our uh, masters, right? We do have to do a summer internship. So uh, I, at that time, you know, wanted to do advertising with whatever you got exposed to your curriculum in the college. I wanted to do something in advertising as a as a subject. So I was looking out for internships in advertising and my whole idea was to get into advertising, just client servicing in an ad agency, not actually media. But when I approached uh, FCB Ulka uh, for an internship, I landed up an internship in the media department. So at that time, there were no media agencies as such. All large advertising agencies had a media uh, department. I remember that. Later on, we just got on our own and we have now media agencies standalone, right? And the advertising agencies are called the creative agencies. So I actually wanted to join a creative agency doing servicing, probably in Polka or you know any of those kind of places. But when I landed in the internship, I was told you, uh, you know, are going to be getting intern intern at the media department. So I said, okay, fine, maybe you know it's a good name to have and you get experience. So let me at least start off. So that's when uh, I think I got fascinated by this whole media industry or uh, the kind of people. I think it's more also the kind of people who I interacted with at my stint of two months at Lodestar UM when I was doing right. my media. Uh, you know, my mentors and the entire team there, the kind of work I was doing on that project which was given to me. I think that's what uh, uh, made me get me a clear vision saying that when I finish my MBA, I am going to hunt and find a media agency and, you know, find a job in that place and nowhere else at all. So that's, I think, that's where I decided media agency it is. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, we get a taste of something and then, you know, we may enter saying, okay, I want to do A, but when you try something different, you realize that this is something yeah. good. I'm enjoying it, right? And I've always been fascinated by media. In fact, when I started my career, I, I was, uh, I actually started out in media sales. <laughs> and uh, my job was to interact with people who are planning and buying. And uh, it was a really good experience, I would say. So yeah. I've had, uh, you know, you know, some good exposure uh, to that, right? Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, and I, I, while I know the difference myself, I think it will really help if, for the sake of the students who are tuning in, if you could, you know, touch upon the difference between, you know, the three elements: strategy, planning, and buying in the con in the context of media, you know, and if and also if you could maybe 
you know, walk us through, you know, how do you approach a, a media campaign, you know? It... Yeah. So I'll tell you, uh, the start of it is always with a media brief. Right. As a client, uh, you know, we get a media brief uh, from the client side, uh, you know, which is part of the marketing team, right? So you have a marketing brief and then you have an advertising brief and a media brief. They're all parts and parcels of one uh, chain of events. So we get the media brief in terms of what is the expectation from the client side, uh, you know, who's sitting at the brand team, in terms of what do they expect out of this campaign? So there could be various types of campaigns, right? You could have a launch campaign where you're launching a brand. And right. that requires a different kind of approach and a different kind of strategy and planning. Whereas there could be a campaign which is a well-to-know brand, which is already in the in in the in the you know media and in the eyes of the consumer. But how do you sustain? So there's a sustenance kind of a campaign, right? Sure. It also depends on the kind of uh, period of the year you're going to be coming in, whether it's for launching or sustaining, because you know now the H two this part of the year now is going to be really crazy on media. Absolutely. Right? festive time and this is the time and you can milk right any client or any uh marketing team would this is your opportunity right you have the age to right now to do whatever right from ganesh to the whole festive thing will start right so so it all depends on various aspects the category in which you're functioning what kind of competitors are in your category because in a way if you are a leader or if you are a pretty much uh category uh you know you're the only one of the key players and the biggest ones then it's that's a different approach but if there are multiple players and then you are there and then you want that share of mind, right? You mm-hmm. want that share of mind in that audience. Then it, it, you know, it's a different kind of an approach you will take. But having said that, Media Brief is our starting point, which, you know, we get it from the client in terms of a discussion, in terms of what they are you know, wanting to look at, in terms of what is the brand, a little essence about that. And at the other end, what are they looking at? Well, some campaigns are corporate campaigns where you're building imagery. Some campaigns are campaigns where you want call to action, right? You want somebody to actually walk into a dealership outlet and, actually test out of a car or you want somebody to go and you know explore that variant of a shampoo which you're launching whatever that could be right so it all depends on what the client requirement is and then accordingly the agency will work on but having said that the difference between a strategy planning and the investment which is the buying part so strategy uh, Amit comes in in terms of the overall when you're launching a particular campaign or when you're launching a brand uh, you will look at various aspects uh, consumer the competition what is the kind of product you have? What is the kind of penetration it has? What's the kind of distribution it has? There are various things to look at. And then you will arrive at an overall strategy in terms of what you need for, to do for the brand. Right? So you will analyze competition. You will analyze the previous campaigns. You will analyze the previous campaigns of your current brand. You look at the market scenario. You will look at the kind of thresholds you need to be at at every particular market or you know, state in the country to achieve that share of voice, which is what you need to recommend. We will also look at competition share of voices to come at an ideal threshold level because anything suboptimal doesn't make sense, right? Because ultimately sure. the client is invested their money. So you need to give them the best ROI. So you look at various aspects and you'll actually go back to the client with a strategy in terms of recommending uh, what is the best medium or what is the best multi-medium use? Because today nobody is using one medium at all, right? People are using multi-mediums. So what is the best multi-medium approach you need to do to get the best return on investment given the budget the client has? So that's our first approach. Obviously, there are multiple tools and softwares and media reports and, you know, stuff that we go through and analyze and a lot of research and a lot of number crunching goes at the back end to come and deliver or, you know, approach and give them the right strategic outline or the you know what outlook you need to do and some of these softwares are media uh, 
softwares which are part of the media industry. A lot of large agencies also have proprietary softwares they've developed by themselves, which also gives you a deeper dive into the audience or a deeper cut. So you'll have a larger cut with the industry would have, which is what are normal software or tools which any agency today has in the country. But larger agency or you know companies also have proprietary tools which they will create, which will give a finer tuning, which it helps you just sharp that much more sharp focus the kind of target audience or the kind of you know uh, way you want to target the whole okay. So strategies and overall build in that sense to get back and recommend saying what medium what do you need to do and also. Uh, with the crux of the brand essence, what can you do in terms of a larger than life, uh, you know, creation in terms of innovation, or brand connects, and all those various ideations and ideas also come into the strategy piece, overall recommendation. Post that, but then you get into the planning phase. If the client asks you, saying, you know, I agree with your approach, let's go with TV and print and radio, for example, or let's go with TV, print and digital, whatever they agree. The next stage is to plan on each media. Then you will get into planning. Now, planning will be the integrities in terms of, okay, you know, I want to do television. What are my uh, priority one markets, priority two markets? Where do I need to put in television? If it's priority one markets, are there regional markets? And probably should I look at the regional budget channels if TV is or if print is my goal, based on the audit? Should I look at regional print as an option? Or if it's an uh, all India mass campaign, then should I look at channels which give me the spread all India, especially not the Hindi speaking market? There's a different way of approaching it. We'll get it on integrities of what channel should I do? What genre should I do? Depending again on the target audience, right? If it's more of a female-centric brand, then do you want to look at your, or, you know, general entertainment channels like the GAC, sort of movies? If it's more of a younger audience, do you want to look at music? And do you want to look at some other channels? It all depends on the kind of TG or targeting and the kind of market. But this is where you get into the nitty-gritty of the planning, actually, to see, you'll optimize your plan to see that you get the best, uh, you know, sh- uh, share of voice. But you will decide exactly which channel you actually then get into within the channel. What are the kind of programming you want to attack or programming you want to you know target towards? That's where your buying piece or your investment piece comes in because you suppose I identify, let's say, I want to do using TV. Now I have a particular budget or whatever. I will need to talk to the or media partner. So they are the part of our ecosystem. So there's a media agency and then there's a media partner side. That's how the media industry is built, right? So I will be approaching the uh, media channel person at me to understand saying that, hey, you know, bring the kind of budget, this is my kind of, this is the brand, and you know, these are the kind of tentative timelines of when I don't want to put it on air. Let's work on, for, you know, deal for them in that sense. And that's where we will be sitting with them and negotiating on the buying aspect in terms of what is the best we can give. So uh, various types of deals get done, which have various different components, uh, you know, prime time, non-prime time, how much do you want to do? Again, basis your target audience. If it's more female-centric, do you want to do more of, Afternoon and everything in our evening, if it's completely a male kind of dominated client or categories, you'll probably do prime time and weekends because, you know, in that sense, you'll just figure out how you want to sharp focus your, uh, you know, deal. You'll also look at the kind of CPPRPs or the kind of GRPs each time band is giving you because you have to maintain an overall cost uh, for your client, right? So you need to look at that per rating point and various other angles to finally arrive at what works. Uh, for the channel as well as the agency and there's a lot of to and fro which keeps happening at that end and then once you know you finalize all the whole log what is the entirety deal on that particular channel and then you work out your plan planning also gets into a part of implementation after this main planning where you know you actually sit and schedule or you actually put the plan in place right you can actually see the plan saying there are 50 channels or whatever channels and this is how it pans out and this is when i'm starting and how do you want to load the campaign you want to front load it and then you know sustain it or you want to do equal across every week. If it's a launch, you want to first, you know, you want to front load it and then 
slowly, you know. Taper it down. Taper it down. Depends on that. And you'll, you know, accordingly do your scheduling and you'll actually get your spots. And then it goes on to the other thing, which is the, you know, the uh, implementation operations team should actually send out the release orders through the channels or the publications. We can send it to them saying, you know, this is the date, this is the ad size. And, you know, I will obviously the creative team will give us the creative, but please block this space for me or, you know, get this amount of seconds on television or block the space on this page here because I will be sending out the creative element. That's how the whole campaign, you know, gets on air. Uh, there's also, a, you know, evaluation one does in terms of during the campaign, if it's a long-range campaign, like a four-week, six-week campaign, maybe two weeks on the line, we will evaluate how the campaign has been doing. So is there some changes you want to do? You know, suppose some channels are performing, because performance is all, this is what competition is having at that particular time and sure. what's happening that's surrounding it, right? So, Suppose you realize putting the channel is not doing well or something is not actually going. Talk to the channel to see what they can do in terms of managing the commitment, right? Because I've done a commitment to companies. Or do you want to pull in the money and put it somewhere else? So we do uh, mid-campaign evaluations of the whole process. And then at the end, obviously, we will finally finish the whole campaign. And then obviously present an entire post-evaluation to the client saying, where were we, what were we planning at the beginning? What did we set out for? What did we achieve, not achieve? Reasons for not achieving because, you know, both sides, it's, when, when you over deliver, it's, it's kind of a problem. Even if you under deliver, it's a problem. Like, when you over deliver, everything, obviously, the client will say, Why so much extra money? Right? I could have received the money or put it somewhere else. If you under deliver, no pat on the back for the COVID No, 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 <laughs> in that sense, because then it's the money, right? Because I'm over delivering, then why should I have had, had let's say, 100 spots on that channel if right. I could have managed with 80? Right? right? I didn't want this kind of number, for example, in this stage. Sure. No, so, but yeah, but there will be under delivering, no, every year and there because it's a dynamic market. You can't be, you are going a past history of data to recommend something, but assuming the trend is pretty robust, but it won't be like radically different, but yeah, some changes will happen, right? Which is why we, we try and do mid-campaign evaluation. It just helps me be the thick and thin saying, okay, and what should I do so that I can make some tweaks? Right? So that's our entire planning piece. So in, in a nutshell, this is what, you know, kind of how we do the strategy and the planning and then the investment buying piece comes together and then the action of the Thanks for that. I, I like the way you broke it down. And when I was listening to you, I got the distinct feeling that, the uh, you know, what we're doing as uh, in, in the media field is it has a little bit of science and a little bit of art. And I would say oh. that the science piece is coming from, of course, crunching your data, uh, making very, you know, quant, you know, data-driven decisions, right? And the art element comes in the subjective choices you make. So if for a given brand, let's assume you want to ride on GECs or general entertainment channels. Which channels specifically? Which programs specifically? Those are really important calls to take. And I'm sure the software helps you to uh, identify, you know, the, the anchor programs on any, any given channel. But over and above that, there are a lot of calls that you need to make as a media planner. Follow your instinct. Uh, especially, say, for example, if you want to go deeper and wider in a regional market, you know. So it's having a good balance between, uh, say, say, say for example, for a given campaign, you may want to have some channels which are national channels, channels, but you supplement that with some regional channels, and yep. then you achieve your share of voice uh, objective, you know, or your GRP objective, as the case may be. So it's really interesting the the yeah. art and science element uh, in Absolutely. media, right? Uh, you know, coming specifically to media, you know, what are the, some of the skills and competencies that you look for? When you're hiring uh, media talent, you know, could you touch upon that? Sure. So we do a robust campus uh, recruiting program, and I believe okay. it, uh, uh, you know, for the organization. We've been doing it over the years. 
right from the time when you know we were part of FCB Ulka, also now when we are part of Media Brands, we do this robust campus engagement program. And it's not only about hiring talent, it's about engaging with the campuses, engaging with the students right in the beginning, right? It's not just right. about going over time of campus and just doing your interviews and getting it. It's a long-lasting relationship. It's a relationship which is built over a part years, sustained and all that. So, you know, when we go out to campuses to hire freshers, who has such will not have experience of doing hardcore, you know, work on media in that sense. I think a couple of things, Amit, what we look at is, the first thing we clearly look at is the attitude. You know, the attitude of the person, the mindset of the person, eagerness to learn, uh, keen to, uh, you know, understand new things. Uh, Somebody who's inquisitive, who's wanting to win, be asking questions, saying why this, why not that, or question people and stuff like that, right? So I think at a fresher level, we're looking at more of the attitude with which uh, the person comes in at the interview levels which we have some three to three rounds of interviews in that sense. Uh, not much on the scale because they will not know. And you know, there's no point in me asking them, uh, how do you plan media, right? Because they'd probably give me an answer, which is theoretical, because some of the institutes do have some specific sessions. Basic modules that they make up. Or they have a guest lecture coming in and giving them a little idea. But otherwise, most of these courses are marketing courses where very little touching upon may happen on digital media or media. Person. Right, right. A little bit of it does happen. Some of the specific courses, we do have some institutes which get into mass media and which get into media management where some people have some more knowledge. They sometimes have some software understanding because you know, the university will have some sessions where they can work on the media software and stuff. But having said that, we completely look at people who have the right attitude, who have the hunger and the drive and people who want to actually make careers in media. Not mm-hmm. people who, who have done an MBA in marketing. You know, you've come to me, you're saying it's a media job, I'll do this. Tomorrow, if somebody else comes and says, uh, there's a sales... This is marketing research, go, you know, yeah. So, we don't want that. We want people who are already sharp focusing, I want to make a career in media. Uh, and this is where I am. And attitude-wise, they are the right kind of attitude. And, of course, uh, somebody very clearly uh, who is very good at numbers or at least doesn't have a number phobia. You know, there are a lot of us who have number phobia. That's that's a fact, part of life. That's that's a fact. That's true. Right? Not everybody's comfortable with numbers and looking at numbers and crunching numbers whole day, right? Because that's your life as a media planner, at least in the in the starting stages. And you have to get your hands dirty on the numbers to understand categories, to understand media, to understand the mediums. You have to do that. You have no escape to it. You have to get your hands dirty at the grassroots level, right? For that, you have to be very good at numbers. And it's not about 1 plus 1 equals to 2, right? You're looking at Excel sheets that are filled with a lot of numbers and you actually... See, your, your uh, the recommendation of a strategy or your recommendation of a plan comes out from that number piece. So somebody who who, who completely is not okay with numbers or, you know, who's, who's a little petrified with numbers, definitely not the job for them at all. Because, uh, yes, you need to have creativity and you need to have out-of-the-box thinking. Definitely. But number crunching cannot be escaped. True. Right? It's not a creative job in, in, in a lone standalone. It is a creative job along with... A lot of number crunching. So we're very clear that people who are averse with that, we would rec- not recommend. Or some people openly tell us, you know, sorry, numbers is not my entry. So then, just out of curiosity, I want to ask you, and uh, I'm I'm not sure if you know you have a ready answer for this, but um, you you know, there's so much talk about how AI is impacting different industries, right? And uh, like say, let's say if you look at a you know crystal ball, look into the future. And, you know, you have a media planner uh, in the future having an AI assistant who's doing a lot of the number crunching and trying to create these trends, 
trying to make forecasts, trying to make projections on the basis of certain input data that you enter in the system. So do you think, uh, you know, a media plan in the future would, uh, uh, you'd still need to have an ability to work with numbers, but maybe the crunching element would go down a bit. Do you, do you foresee that? See, it will go down a bit and not only with AI right now, Amit. So, you know, a lot of agencies have specific people, I won't mm-hmm. call them data entry operators, but an equivalent to a data entry operator, which a lot of other industries have, right? Sure. Whose job is probably just to sit on spreadsheets and just keep, you know, entering numbers, sure. right? So a lot of agencies today, that kind of drudgery, right, which is there. So, mm-hmm. of course, as a, a fresher, we expect people or we want them to get into the, that, you know, hand, get their hands dirty because they need to understand that, right? So that they can then move up. But at the same time, a little bit of automation is already happening. Right. So it may not be exactly AI in that sense, but definitely a, a lot of automation from where, uh, when I started off in the media industry to today, where we have kids joining our sending higher like, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 eggs a batch every year almost. Right. There is a lot of difference we see because as an industry, there's a lot of investment which is happening in terms of automation. So a lot of data get does get automated. So you as an, uh, you know, a uh, person sitting and looking at the data is actually looking at a dashboard. Mm-hmm. Probably powered by a Power BI or something else, which just gives you to you know, pull stuff and get some amount of base data. But yes, having said that, I don't think so. There's any replacement because you know, when when the data comes in, I need to use my uh, you know understanding and my knowledge and my thought and thinking to actually now you know rep- reproduce that into a strategy that nobody else can do. That a backend software or you know something which gets me. Yes, but a lot of automation today has happened compared to where we were probably 10, 15 years back. Exactly. To just help the humongous data to try and consolidate it better to try and you know get the easy visibility to it but once you may have easy visibility or easy access but the under the work of a media person right in terms of a strategy recommendation or working on the plan will still be there because that is something which i need to use use my brain and think about the brand and the consumer and everything which a robot or a computer or any mi i cannot do Right. I, I, I was uh, smiling because, you know, a thought occurred to me and, you know, the thought was basically uh, while, you know, you need to be really good with numbers. And of course, that is a core competence that is a must. Right. Uh, one thing that also I think flows from that is your ability to paint a picture. So you're an artist or to tell a story, you know, using that data. So you're a storyteller. <laughs> Absolutely. So me- media professionals are people who work with data but are also artists and storytellers in their own right, right? Yeah. You know, so you can go to a client and very passionately argue, but, you know, this is what the data is saying. No, I, I can see this, you know. <laughs> you yeah, know as a client true. who may not have that same level of knowledge or passion, even say, yeah, I, I agree or I disagree. <laughs> yeah. yeah, No, so very true, you know, because uh, the data gives us, a, uh, you know, cue to actually, you know, make an entire story. So the, when you see some of our presentations or whatever we do, it all flows in, right? And how does it flow in? That doesn't that flows in because of the data, but obviously that flows in because of the person or the team which is thinking on that and putting up that entire flow or that story, right? So it all comes in together and that comes in together because it's the team working on that and ideating and brainstorming to come up with that beautiful piece of communication which you actually end up you know, sharing with the client. Right, absolutely. 
Um, I want to kind of ask you uh, one more question, if that's okay, in terms of, you know, if there are any tips that you want to share with, say, uh, a student who is an aspiring media professional, you know, is there something that they can do to prep themselves or yeah. some uh, content they can read on, uh, they can read up, you know, to be better prepared, any advice that you can give them? So, to so you know, Amit, um, even when I meet uh, students from campuses, I keep telling them, we work on a lot of spreadsheets, Excel, right? And right. all of us, when we've done MBAs, we work on Excel, but they're not very advanced. And today, online, you have a plethora of websites which give you courses after courses on basic Excel, advanced Excel, part one, part two, and phase one, phase three. So I keep okay. telling all these kids, you know, please go through those. Even kids who we hire from uh, universities or these schools, not all of them are very good at Excel. We tell them, you know, this is your oh. starting stage. You start, join us now. You're going through anyway media training. We will also take you through some Excel training. But along with that, you need to actually undertake some of these courses. So, you know, any kind of Excel courses will really help them because you work on huge numbers. And it's always easy if you have some shortcuts. It just helps you that much to save time when you're working on the data. Right? For the time. Definitely, we tell them on that. A lot of, uh, also today, uh, we are no longer uh, as such offline, right? Like we work on the media recommendations. So, it could be digital also. There are only digital marketing courses which are online. There are right. Google certifications, there are Facebook certifications and stuff. So we also urge uh, some of these kids to you know, try and do some of those certifications because this just helps you get an added uh, you know, uh, plus when you're sitting in for campus interviews or whenever you want to make a career in media. Other thing is, uh, a lot of uh, there are a lot of books written by uh, people within the industry or from the marketing brand side on media planning, on media buying, books. You know, physical copies, online copies, whatever you want. Get those books, get a hang of that because a lot of institutes uh, today, or like I said, may have a guest lecture of few things, but they don't go deep diving into a particular subject. But right. if you want to become an expert or you want to start off your career in, in media, whether it's a media agency or whether it's a media partner, it's all part of the same ecosystem. Read those books. You know, those books will give you some amount. Also read books on brand building. Because yeah, ultimately, what are you doing? You're building the brand along with the marketing. No, 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 doing no different. Ultimately, you are part of the marketing team. You are an extension of the marketing team of any client, right? So today, if I'm working on a particular client, uh, yes, I may not be sitting in the client's office, but I am an extension of their team. The team together, which is the creative team, the media team, and the marketing brand team together builds brands, right? So we build brands and, you know, we make brands successful. That's how they make us successful. It's all in hand. You know, we're all in this together. Absolutely. Right? So, reading on brands, brand building, how do you build brands? I think there are lovely books written by a lot of people within the advertising, creative and media industry, fraternity. People, sh you know, kids should go through those. Excel is a must. Of course, communication and, you know, um, you know having the capability of talking, uh, giving presentations confidently, talking in small groups, talking one-on-one, -on -one, all those things, I guess somewhere, I think in, in your master's, you get opportunities to, you know, brush up those. Practice things. those. Yes. Practice those. You may not need that because you will have that. And of course, once you join in, you know, as and when you start working in the corporate uh, world, you will get exposed to that. So I think that's not something which is actually required. But of course, we do see people, we need people who are sharp at communication skills, who can talk well in English, who can present well and stuff. We do see also those evaluation uh, parameters while interviewing uh, students from, uh, you know, university schools and stuff like that. Great. You know, I, I like the way you answered that. And I think, you know, it helps students to really understand what they can do to get that slight edge. Because 
uh, all said and done, you know, uh, the difference might be a little minute, but it sometimes really helps someone to stand out, you know. Yeah. So some really good advice about getting familiar with Excel and other spreadsheet kind of software, uh, you know, being good at communication skills, reading books on media, reading books on branding. Uh, to that, perhaps I would add, you know, reading books on psychology, consumer psychology will also be really helpful. And, you know, you know, media is such an interesting industry. Uh, you know, uh, I want to kind of wrap by asking you one last question, you know, and, you know, it's it's perhaps going to be the toughest one to answer. <laughs> um, in the course of your career, you've worked with so many brands. You've worked on hundreds of campaigns, right? And uh, I, I, I've really seen the industry, uh, uh, personally, I've seen it witness so many changes, right? And you've been so close to the action. Uh, the way I've witnessed it or perceived it is, I would say, at the surface level compared to you, you know, you've been living and breathing through it, right? So the industry is constantly transforming. It's so dynamic. It's really amazing. In the course of your career, I wanted to ask you uh, if you can highlight uh, a specific project that was really close to your heart or a media innovation that you're really proud of or perhaps a, 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 a tectonic shift in the industry after which the industry was never the same after it happened. You know, anything you can share on that front? Sure. So, you know, in my uh, media career, yes, I you know I have something which, which is very, very close to my heart. And, okay. uh, you know, you feel so proud of it, like, or, you know, you can still talk on this on that particular project for hours and hours is something we have done with Garnier. So, okay. like you said, I've worked across multiple categories, multiple clients across all my stints across media agencies. But while I was working with Lodestar, we were working on Florian as our client. And sure. Garnier is part of Florian as a brand. And uh, we were uh, working on a campaign because Garnier is a youth brand. But, you know, it was difficult to get the attention of youth and resonate and uh, stuff so they're very cynical right youth are very cynical so how do you get their attention span and what do we do to get them part of the process so that they understand Garnier and uh, you know uh, understand the philosophy of Garnier and try and believe in the brand and stuff like that so I think uh, uh, we wanted to uh, engage the youth in such a manner that they're part of the entire process so that they're not cynical that somebody's just you know putting it onto you because youth do not like that right teens do not like that when you tell them but if you make them part of the process they love it the same thing, but you make them part of the process they love. You just put it onto them as a slap on their face, they'll just walk away, right? So right. using that, we actually created a wonderful campaign along with Times of India uh, for Garnier. And, uh, you know, it was called as Take Care, Take Charge. Take Care is the, uh, you know, sign offline or the, or the tagline for Garnier. And we used that and we created a beautiful campaign, a multimedia campaign, where we engaged the youth and we did something around the recycling of paper. Okay. Right. And for every, uh, you know, and we asked you to come up with an idea uh, for every, uh, you know, kg of paper we collected. And we actually said that uh, the amount of paper we collect uh, from the youth or from, you know, any place where we can, we will recycle it and we'll create a first ever green pants of India. Or okay. World at Diamond Day, which was 4th June. So on 4th June, we said, and we started off this campaign uh, in the month of April, uh, on World Environment Day, I think, and World Earth Day is, I think, on uh, June or one of them. I'm sure. I'm All right. Sure on that. Okay. But uh, we said we create a 40 day campaign where we said we will be collecting. So for every idea uh, of, you know, we get from the youth in terms of sustainability, in terms of how do we make uh, the environment more friendly in that sense, uh, we will be collecting 
for every idea we'll collect 10 kgs of paper and we'll recycle it and we will launch an all india edition of times of india which is a fourth to be amazing got so many ideas i think we got around 4500 ideas i don't exactly know the number but we got so many ideas from youth and everybody got engaged in the campaign now you know our um, we had a great share of market and you know it showed in that and the entire uh, hype right or the whole Uh, we had a, at that time our environment minister was Jairam Ramesh. He was part of some of those the you know sessions we had of wow. you know forums where we engaged them. We engaged some amount of youth celebrities and youth icons to be part of these uh, campaigns for recycling, so that you know it resonates that much more. You know how you know uh, uh, how Bollywood is or how cricket crazy the fun players and something like that added to the campaign. It just takes your campaign to another level. Then to have uh, Mr. Jairam Jamesh and you know, people like that, so I think we did a entire campaign, and it was a lot of hard work uh, in that sense because you are doing a mega campaign as a project, but there's also your regular work which you're doing, right? You can't just tell sure. all these clients or even Ghana clients saying, "I'm not going to put any of the campaign on it because I'm working on," and then you have other stuff also. But it was a very challenging phase of those three. I think we started off in the month of Jan, Feb, you know, with the ideation, sitting with the Times of India team because you also had to have the have the right. Partner with you, and the reason we went times uh, times of India is because they are across right. They they are they, they are multimedia, right? They will have you know we we use their online uh, uh, expertise. We use their print. We use their radio. We use television. We use everything together, and we so it was the complete uh, partnership with them, and we managed this. Of course, uh, you know the client having that belief, putting in that money because. It was. It was. It was. It was not a very. Uh, you know. Uh, it was not a less investment kind of a project. It was on a huge investment. But it was transformational, yeah. though, right? I mean. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. But you know, uh, Amit, a lot of clients uh, may not see it like that, right? Because for them, you're putting in money. But uh, a lot of clients may think this. Put this money and do me a television, plain campaign, plain Jane campaign, which is just put in my spots, right? Mm. You also have to be. I mean, you have to also. Uh, To be, yeah. uh, to be open-minded as a client, to be receptive. Yeah, clients are open-minded, right? Because they can tell, they can tell me that you know, hey, you're spending, let's say, one crore, for example. You please make a regular plan of one crore and give me, which is a television campaign, sure. right? So that is anyway happening. But for a client to put in that time and investment and that money to actually do something which is beyond, which just creates that whole, you know, next level transformational thing, not many clients can do it, right? And uh, this I'm talking about quite a lot of years ago. Also now things have probably changed, but I'm just saying at that time. But yeah, but that got us a lot of awards. We in fact won the gold at Cannes for the first time in India. Wow. You know, and for Lodestar UM that that got us a gold in Cannes. And it's only about awards. For us, our belief is very clear. Not do good work, awards will fall. So we don't do work thinking. Yeah, I'm carrying because I'm awards. That's not right. We look at wait. Right. People may look at like that, but for us, our philosophy as an organization is that. Keep doing great work. It will get you know felicitated. Only you get awards. Right. So awards will follow because you're doing great, passionate work on client. Not the other way. Saying make awards, you do make a good job. Right. So it's the other way around. We just want to build brands with clients. We want to grow with clients. And I'm sure when we do great work, it will get seen. We will showcase it. It will get felicitated, and we will win awards. I think that's the way we look at things. But yeah, that's a very uh, very close to my heart kind of. Uh, Project which we worked on. Of course, there are multiple of them, but the one which comes to my head is the Ganya campaign. Awesome, <laughs> and thank you for you know uh, explaining in such detail. It actually helps me understand the impact that it made. You know, I think 
the youth of India today are so powerful, so different, so motivated to really make a difference. And even way back then, obviously, you're talking about a campaign that you executed yeah. you know, several years ago. But the point is, and it, it holds to even today, if you give the youth a platform to express their ideas, they have great ideas. If you give the youth a platform to you know voice their opinion, they're more than happy to come forward. And I think Ghani as a brand gave them that platform and it culminated in a totally green newspaper. Now that you mention it, I remember um, it was reported on several news channels and I remember waking up one morning and also seeing that the color of the times was different. You know, it wasn't your usual white. So I, I also remember that, uh, you know, and um, you know, thank you for <laughs> bringing it up. Sure. Yeah, I think that's that's really the highlight, you know, for any, uh, you know, media professional to have worked on projects, not not even one, maybe several of them, you know, which are clutter breaking, uh, you know, impactful, uh, make a big difference to the audience and not just to the brand, right? Uh, oh. Ultimately, you're trying to work towards a brand objective, but uh, a really deeper level of engagement, and I would say meaningful engagement is a game changer, right? Absolutely. And ultimately, it's for the cons- consumer, right? I mean, you, you are a brand, but your your brand is why, or why is it a brand, or why is it there? It's because of the audience, right? The consumer. Absolutely. So somewhere you have to tie that in back. Okay. Thank you, Rajeshwari. I've really enjoyed this discussion, and I want to thank you for making time for this session once again. Uh, it was no an absolute delight hosting you. Yeah, my pleasure. I had a really great time. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Pleasures all arts. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Zista podcast. Um, subscribe to our channel on YouTube to get more content like this. And in case you'd like to catch the audio podcast, you can most certainly go to Google, Apple, or Spotify. Our handle is the Zista podcast. Till we meet again, our advice would be stay curious. Stay curious.